uh, I just kind of proceeded with this whole series, if you will, from this thought. This is, this is the, probably the bottom lining thought. I thought, I know I'm a work in progress. Hang around with me long enough, I'll prove it to you. But I, but I thought to myself, look here, without going into that personal testimony to which I've shared many times, thank you for your graciousness, you never know who's here that needs to hear that word. But I went through not only alcoholism, but heroin addiction. Went through many, many jails, locked up, locked up, locked up, locked up. How many times I'd have to count them. And, um, and I figured this way. If God can have mercy on my pitiful soul, he can have mercy on anybody. And if God can deliver this ex-alcoholic, drug addict, that he can deliver anybody. Because if, if you want to know how, how strong my willpower is, you can put it in a thimble. It ain't much there. So I began to think in this series, what are some of the truths slash revelations of truth the Lord began to pour into my heart that helped me as an individual? And I thought, well, those truths are good for everybody. So level one, David said, in Psalm 40, he said, I cried unto the Lord. You ever cry unto the Lord? And he heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. You ever been in the pit? Come on, somebody. So stage number one, before you even get to level number one, is to realize without Jesus, you're in a pit. You're in a pit. Without Jesus Christ, as Pastor Brown was sharing earlier in regards to tithes and offerings, one day everybody's going to discover if they don't have Jesus, they didn't have anything. So David said he brought me out of a pit. So first thing he's got to do is pull you up a little higher. And he set my feet on a solid rock. That's what he said. He established my goings. Going means you start progressing in life. You ever feel like you go round and round and round and round and round? That's what a curse is called, by the way, in Hebrew. It means a circular motion. It's just like a screw that just goes deeper and deeper. So the first thing <clears throat> I realized on level one, I personally, and y'all can give me an amen with it, we had to determine to leave the old life. Come on, somebody. We had to determine that we had to leave some things. You can't take your baggage with Jesus. He ain't here to take your baggage. He's here to help you drop your baggage. But, but I've realized God can do anything, but one thing he has relegated to you and me is our will, our own will. So I had to willingly, amen, somebody? I had to determine you had, if you're a believer in Christ and you're pursuing God, you had to determine to leave the old life. Man, I want to preach on that again because I know too many people that they just want to, they want to make heaven their home, but they don't, but, but don't want to let go of this earthly home. What they want is fire insurance, Right? So that, that made a big difference. So in the beginning of your salvation, the Holy Ghost is going to deal with your baggage. It's going to deal with how you think, how you talk, what you confess. You know there's positive confession. That's called faith. 
And there's negative confession. And that's from the powers of darkness and of the thinking of this world. Number two, then I began to realize that I could just preach right there. Then I had to realize if I want to go to the next level of spiritual victory, what do, we, what do you have to do, folks? Help me out here. You got to get hungry for more. In other words, to sum it up this way, whatever God is doing currently in your life that is good, let him do more of it. Come on, give me an amen. This is a spirit-filled church. I, I, I want those cameras vibrating under the power of the living God. So those that are watching us Facebook Live, they'll say, what's wrong? My computer is starting to vibrate. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, listen, I know many of you are introverts. But when you start falling in love with Jesus Christ, he will start pulling something out of you. If you will let him, he will cause you to start rising up, talking up, speaking up, hey, and standing up for him. He will break introversy, and he will start helping you to start getting out there in the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Come on, amen now. Woo, yeah. I feel like a Pentecostal preacher today. <laughs> Amen. And then I noticed I just got to get hungry for more and more and more. And then the third level is what, folks? We talked about it last week. I found out there are numerous people in the kingdom of God that they worship, and that's awesome. They pray for other people, and that's awesome. They intercede, stand in the gap for other people. But there's one thing that we must add to our, our weaponry, and that is knowing and learning what the Bible has to say about rebuking the powers of darkness that are trying to come against you, your family, your children, your loved ones, rebuking the power of darkness. Now, we talked about that, rebuking the enemy. When is the last time, I'm serious now, this is not condemnation, this is just stir you up. When is the last time, Dad, that you have rebuked the enemy off your family? Now, I'm not saying we just do it by, my friend down in Florida says, by rote, R-O-T, I mean, by just by habit. There are some times that, every, that I'm praying for my family. Lord, bless my home, bless the children, the grandchildren, give them a passion for God's. Hey, when you pray for your family, would you ask more to, for God to do than just bless my family? Will you stretch your prayer life and start? If God would say, how do you want me to bless your family? Now, now, now expand upon that, okay? And then I notice there are times... Where the enemy, how do you know when, you're, when there's a curse trying to be thrown or flung on you? Repetitive issues. Everybody can have a flat tire. Everybody can have a hard and tough day. But if something continues to be, continues to be, continues to be coming against you, no doubt, ladies and gentlemen, you might be under a spiritual attack. And as much as God loves you to worship him, now it's the time for you to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, devil, I bind you kind of prayer. Get thee behind me, and I break your power from all. Off my family. Woo, hallelujah. Fight 
the good fight of faith. Don't go back and start doing the things he delivered you from, I feel the Holy Ghost tell me. Don't go back and start dabbling around the things where the enemy's tracks are visible in your life. Keep going forward, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, somebody. And fight the good fight of faith. I say this as a believer, not as a preacher. I began to learn. Am I standing up on a ladder? Lord Jesus, watch that first step. It's a doozy. There are times when we just need to roll up our sleeves, confront the powers of darkness. What is your issue that you're struggling with? What is your recurrent temptation that you continue to possibly fall toward? God loves you to worship him. But he understands when you take a moment and you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the powers of darkness. I, the Bible said, resist the devil. Res Somebody shout, resist. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Why will he flee? Because we have authority over him, and he is banking that we don't realize it. But we got fighting power and authority. Woo, hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Well, let's get into this message. The fourth level that I find that, that became important to me is the spiritual concept. Don't stay on the ground, folks. Begin to start seeking to fly higher. Seeking to fly higher. Let me say this as a preacher of the gospel. Now preaching over 30 years, there was a church 30 years back when I talked about salvation, and they said, yes. And then we talked about living a pure life, sanctification. They said, yes. And then we talked about the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And the church said, yes, that's the Bible, and that's what is preached in the Word. But now I'm finding a generation, maybe not you, but that is satisfied to be a little bit warm and a little bit cold, a little bit comfortable and a little bit cozy. And now we find ourselves trying to to encourage people to seek to soar. Seek to soar. Can you give God a praise? Come here now. Oh, hallelujah. I know I'm preaching mostly to the spirit-filled crowd, but there was a time you walked through the door and you weren't filled with the spirit, and neither was I. And some of the, last, last week we had a, a response over Facebook Live. Somebody was watching the watching you worship over in the Middle East, in Qatar, over there, said, I'm watching right now. I thought, what time of day is it? Maybe somebody who's hungry for God. I want you to uh, just listen to it, and you'll see it on the screen. An opening text, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known... Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not? 
neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. I mean, God is so intelligent, you can't hardly even understand how awesome and wise he is. But 29 says, but he gives power to those who faint. And to them that have no might, he will increase their strength. Aren't you glad? Even young people sometime and shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hey, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall begin to rise up and soar like the eagle soars on the wind. That's the people that God is wanting to build in this 21st century. I need your help, somebody. That's the church that I'm believing that God will raise up. Oh, God, thank God for walking with Jesus. But sometimes walking don't do. You got to get some pep in your spiritual step, and you got to begin to run for the Lord. Put a little bit of effort and energy into this thing. Don't go to sleep on God. The hour is late. Don't prop your feet up in your leather lazy boy chair. It's all right for TV, but not for God. I began to realize in my quest, we, 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 we all say, Lord, I want to be all that you want me to be. Really? No condemnation. Really? Lord, I want you to tell me what I need to do. Really? Go ahead, God. Just go wherever you want to go with my heart. Search me. Woo, Jesus. You might want to be by yourself in your prayer closet because he might tell you some things that we'd go, just messing with you here a little bit. But, but that's true, isn't it? I know we don't have to preach another sermon about the last days and the spirit of the age and the hour in which we're living in. I know we don't have to preach another sermon about a little thimble, a little dab will do. Hey, back in the day, some of us remember the Brill Cream commercials, a little dab will do, but not for God. I, you know what? I don't want a thimble. I want a bucket. No, I don't want a bucket. I want a river. No, I don't want a river. I want an ocean. I want everything that God wants to do in my life. And I want to be honest enough, oh, God, help me to say, God, here I am, just like I am. If you see anything in me, help me and deal with me and empty me because to get full you got to get empty sometime to find him you got to lose yourself sometime to go forward you got to be willing to look back and say oh god i need you somebody lift your hand in the sanctuary just praise him a little bit yes lord is there still a church i need a bullhorn is there still a church in the 21st century that don't want just Jesus' foot? They want his heart. They want his hand. They want his head. They want his mouth. They want his word. They want his preaching. They want his doing. They want his anointing. Oh, God. That's where my heartbeat is. How about you?
you might say, I'm not sure if I'm there. I told you way back when, just start praying a prayer. Lord, if I don't feel like I'm willing, help me to be willing to be willing. Kind of like when Jesus said, love the world. I mean, you know, love those who are in the world. I don't like them. You like all those people out there? Come on, be honest. Oh, I just love everybody. Really? I was behind you when they cussed you out and you cut them off. <laughs> honest to goodness, I don't like some of those people out there. Do you? They're naughty. But I keep praying, Lord, help my love quotient to just keep rising, getting stronger. You know I'm teasing here, right? Right? I am, aren't I? Let's be honest. Is there ever a time that you didn't really much like yourself? I'll never forget. She Years ago, she was all... Her hair wasn't going right or whatever it was on a morning. She got all perturbed. And, I, and like a good husband, I always try to fix it. You know, well, this and that, do you need any help? Never ask a perturbed woman if she needs help. You, you might be in trouble. She said, I don't even like myself right now. <laughs> you ever, ever, I mean, there's times that I, if I could rebuke myself, I would. I'm big. I, if you need to lay hands, on, lay hands on yourself. Oh, God, help my pitiful mind. Just lay hands on yourself. <laughs> oh, let me get to preaching up here. There are times. Here, here's my thought. I, I got three points that number one will do for this morning. I said this. The fourth level in the progress of our spiritual growth as believers in Christ is seeking to soar. And this fourth level will carry us throughout the rest of our lives spiritually, if we can get, keep that in our heart. In this level, there are three steps. One, seeking to soar. One, in our faith. Two, seeking to soar in our service to God. And number three, seeking to soar in our yielding to the Holy Spirit. Is the devil your biggest enemy? Or sometimes are you your biggest enemy? Now you know what I'm talking about there. So let's talk about for a minute uh, yielding to the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a scripture. Romans chapter 6 verse 13. This is God talking. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Anybody alive from the spiritual death? What did he say? Yield yourself to God. Let me, let me, let me just be clear and honest. That is not a one-time experience. That is more than likely a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, what time is it right now experience. But I thought that believers have never confessed perfection in their flesh. 
That, that's a setup for an accident. But we can confess perfection in Jesus Christ and that my heart is perfect toward God. How do you have a perfect heart? Have an honest heart toward God. Somebody said years ago, Ed Cole, I believe it was, Maximize Manhood. He said, we often judge other people. Watch by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Do you get that? It's good. We tend to judge other people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. In other words, we make the same mistakes they make, but we always point the finger at them because we meant to not be that way. And I said, one of the greatest truths of having Holy Ghost revival explode in your soul is the day, ladies and gentlemen, church, where we become brutally and openly honest to God. If you have a sin, if you have a temptation, if you have a problem, if you have an addiction, please, in the name of Jesus Christ, acknowledge that you have the problem. Years ago, they used to pick on smoking. We're way past that. But let me say something. The day that God delivers you from smoking, because most people that smoke would rather not, it's just, you know, you get this habit going. Well, that is if you've smoked for more than one year. After a while, you're like, I am so sick and tired of this. The first thing to do You know, I can quit anytime I want. Really? How about today? <laughs> but I did it. I, I you know, I, I could quit anytime I want. Really? No, you can't. Because if you could have, you would have. But thank God the Holy Ghost ain't picking on us. He'll help us, but I learned a truth. Sis, if you want to be free, you can be free indeed. But first, you got to recognize and you have to admit, oh, God, without you, I can do nothing. But, Lord, would you help me to yield to the Holy Spirit? And the more you yield the easier it becomes to yield. Well, now there, you know, what you're going to yield to today that he'll deliver you from, be aware that there are other things the enemy will try to bring against you that you have to continue to yield. Hey, I love worshiping the Lord. Is it hard for you guys to worship? How many of you, it's easy to worship God? Can I see your hand? You know why that is? Because one day you yielded to him. Some people, it's so hard serving the Lord. I respect where you're coming from. But I'll tell you, the, the hardness is in our stubbornness. Now, this is a personal opinion. Is it hard to worship him? Now it's easy. Is it hard to talk to him? That's easy. 
Is it hard to sing a song for him? That's easy. Why? Because we, let me ask you another question. This is for the Pentecostal church. You people. <laughs> is it hard for you to lift your hands when you worship the Lord? Can I see you do it? Now somebody said, well, I'll lift my hands if the Holy Ghost moves on me. Did he just move on you or did you just do it because it was an act of your will? Somebody said, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, can you speak in tongues anytime you want? And for years, the preachers wanted to sound spiritual, saying, oh, no. Yes, you can. Can I ask you a question? Can you eat anytime you want if food is available? Can you clap your hands anytime? Can you clap your hands, church? When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you become one with him. And it's easy. Can you speak in tongues now if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Somebody said, I can't. Yes, you can. You just don't realize it. You want me to show you? Economy Honda. <laughs> I'm just, Lord, you know, I'm teasing. I really, I, I, that was all, slightly almost like on the edge right there. Oh, let me help, help us out. Let's praise the Lord just for a minute. Help me. Lord, we just exalt you. Yeshua Mokaiya Rabba Sataya. O Masai Eli Eyashua Makatiya Rosiaba Saya. I'm not making light of the Holy Ghost. All I'm saying is the reason you can speak in tongues when you get filled is because you yield to the Holy Ghost. He's not on the outside of you. He doesn't come and go. He is within you. He has given you a gift. And you can operate and you can function and you can flow in the gifts that He's put in your life. Anytime you're willing to yield as a human vessel. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yield to the Spirit. <clears throat> I can easily see. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, we talked about this a while back, months, months ago, maybe a year or two ago. I, I've always thought in my early days when I first started to go forward to level one with the Lord, I thought it was, you know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles and so forth. I always thought it was like, you know, kind of a, a passive kind of a faith, but passive kind of like, <clears throat> what are you doing? I'm waiting on the Lord. Really? How long you been waiting? Well, this time it's been a while. Whew. But that's not at all what it means to wait upon the Lord. Because if you study it out in your, in your Bible, you get yourself a concordance of a he, the Hebrew text. The word wait literally means to bind together. Listen to it. It's totally different than you, you would think. They that wait upon. The word, I could give it to you in Hebrew, but that wouldn't matter because you're mostly, you're from, you speak English, most of you. <clears throat> they that wait, it means to take two cords. One represents God. One represents you, and you begin to twist them like a rope, and you twist it. To wait means to wrap up your life in the heart of God, to get twisted and wrapped up. Not twisted like the world thinks. I'm all messed up, twisted up in Jesus. No, 
you know, wrap your life up. They that wrap their lives up in God. How do you, how do you begin to wrap your life up in, in, in the life of one that you have never seen? How do you wrap your life up in one that you have never really visually, unless you had a vision or a dream, that happens sometimes, but you've never seen him. He's never poofed in front of you. How do you wrap your life up? Well, I just figured this. This is old country preaching right now. I said if this book, this book is not from God, this book is God. Every word, everything God thinks. Aren't you so glad that God loves us enough that he's opened up his heart and he said, you want to know what I'm like? Read it. Read it. I said, the more I read the word, the more I learn about the God who saved my soul. So what must I do? Wrap your heart up in the word of God. Is, is Bible reading out of date? It's the only thing we got to stand upon in this old world. I said, the more I read of what God is like, who God is, how God works, what God bless. Here's, here's a thought. It just came to me. I said, I've got to learn what God really, really cares about. And once I find out what God cares about and pour my life into what he cares about, he will bless my life to overflow. As long as I care about the things that God really is not interested in, then I'm, I'm pushing uphill, brother. But the day I begin to learn, what does God love? What does God think about? Who prays for God? That was a joke. Nobody prays for God. You know why? Because God's always got the victory. He don't need our prayers. I thought to myself when Jesus was going through the valley, the valley of the shadow of death in Gethsemane, did anybody pray for Jesus? No, because he's got the victory. Wrapped up in God. To wait upon the Lord means to wrap your life up in God. I mean what he thinks about, what he cares about. Do you know there are too many people on planet Earth, I personally think this is my personal opinion, they want to make heaven their home, but they just don't want to do anything in the process. But I said, oh, God, there is something about serving the Lord. There's something about yielding to the Lord. I said, there's something about serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Enter into the courts with praise. How's the best way for you to walk through the door of victory? Enter through the door with praise. When you praise, you, 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 you must get outside of what you feel and think and God bless and help those that walk through the door under a burden, and they're like, when I feel God, I'll worship. Wrong. You worship him because he's worthy. Who's got that revelation? I would say it this way, and it's true. If he doesn't do one more thing, he has done many things. Hallelujah. One day... We're going to stand before him and understand that bigger than life. To wrap yourself around God, to twist yourself around. Let me give you two scriptures, and then I'm going to wrap up on this final thought. To wait upon the Lord, if you're taking notes, means to bind together by twisting. 
That's what a Christian is. No longer are we out there solitary. Now we're twisted, bound with God in a good sense. It also means to expect. To wait upon the Lord means to expect. How many of you ever used to take buses to get to where you were going? Did you ever wait a long time for that bus? Did it finally come? I guess it must have. You're here. Sometimes it takes a little while for the Lord to come. But we're not sitting there waiting on him kind of like, oh, jeez. We are expecting. I'm expecting to see a mighty outpouring of God's spirit before the rapture hits. I'm expecting the heart of America to turn toward God. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know who will take it. But I'm expecting a mighty revival to come. You know why? Because to say that there will come no revival would be very depressing for me. Because I told you before, in the book of Ephesians, the Bible says Jesus is coming back for a victorious church without spot and blemish. In other, in other words, there are going to be some people on planet earth that are pure in their heart, that are living godly, that are living righteously, that are obeying the word, that are yielding to the Holy Spirit. I don't know that they're going to be the majority because broad is the way that leads to destruction. But one thing I know, there's going to be a few that's going to stand before God. They won't bow their knee to the bales and the idols of this world, but they will live for Jesus Christ regardless of what is popular, what is right, or what is even legally said to be right. Our morality is not based on the government. Our morality is based on the word of the living God. If the government says here in Maryland, hey, it's okay, to, you can buy yourself some marijuana and smoke it, would that be morally right of us? If the government says anytime you want, I, and I've said this for years, this comes as an ex-alcoholic. I said at any moment, at any moment of the day, let's see, how old you got to be to drink around here anymore? 21. Well, I'm a little older than 21. At any moment of any day, you and I that are over 21, we could go to the liquor store and we could buy ourselves a mess of liquor. We could do that. But what stops us? We yield to the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, we've done that before and it didn't work out good and I don't want to do it anymore. If the government says it's okay to smoke marijuana, Pot, weed, whatever you want to call it, is that okay? If we can go out to the casino and we can gamble away our paycheck, the government said it's okay. I'm not knocking the government. I'm saying we live by a higher standard. Why? Because I don't want to walk. I don't want to run. I want to soar in the things of God. I want to rise up with wings as eagles. I want to be victorious, not on a Sunday, but on a Monday. I want to Leave this place uh, soaring in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me say this. I, th I thought to myself when, when Isaiah said, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, they'll mount up with wings of eagles. I thought, you know what? To mount up with wings of eagles. The eagle is totally dependent upon the wind as to how high he flies. 
Have you ever heard, there's a place on planet Earth called the doldrums. You ever heard of the doldrums? I don't exactly know where it is, but it's tr there is a place where if you have a sail, you will just sit there. Ain't no wind moving. And it's the doldrums. We've got to watch out as Christians. We don't get hung up in the doldrums. Oh, God, help me to preach right here. I know we can sing the songs. And I know we can clap our hands. Help me preach, preachers. But if there ain't no wind moving, then ain't nobody soaring. Everybody's still sitting, spiritually speaking. When young people go to churches where the wind of the Spirit is going, they begin to soar. When mom and dad, Spirit feel where the wind is moving. Everything God does, He does it with the power of the wind. What I mean by that, and I kind of leave us with these thoughts about soaring. I said, seeking to soar with the Lord is completely dependent upon the wind that is blowing. As the eagle can fly only as high as the wind allows it to, so we too can only fly as high as we are willing to yield to the wind of God's Spirit. Applying it this way. How many of you came out as little infant babies speaking in tongues? Oh. How many of you, when you were six months old, you lifted and you worshiped the Lord with a wave offering? No. How many of you, one day, you yielded to the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, and he spoke to your heart, and he said, you are lost and you are undone, but if you will yield to me, I will bless your life. And you yielded to him. And you became born again. Now let me further illustrate. When that happened to you, I don't know what kind of spiritual climate you were in. Church, denomination, whatever. Do you remember roughly when you began to lift your hand in worship? Anybody remember that? Because you said when you were an infant you didn't do it, right? So somewhere along the line you did for the first time. Do you remember the first time you got excited in Jesus Christ? You felt like your heart was thrilled. Do you remember the first time you gave the Lord a clap offering? And you began to praise him. Did anybody go with me when you remember the first time you began to jump and leap and praise the Lord? Did you go there? Did anybody go where you started to run down the aisle? Oh, I know it ain't popular in the sophisticated age we live. Oh, you're getting too excited. Yeah, really. I'm getting, you're getting too excited for Jesus. Is there such a thing? I remember we were yielding to the wind of the Spirit of the living God. Everything God does... He does by the moving of his spirit, the dove, the wind. Can you see that? You ever been in a church service where we would say it's as dry as a bone? 
What did that mean? Did it mean people weren't talking? No, people were talking. Did it mean we weren't singing? No, it didn't mean we weren't singing. Did it mean somebody wasn't even preaching? No, they were preaching. But we know the difference when the wind begins to move and the Spirit begins to move. Have you ever prayed a prayer where you felt like it went out of your mouth? You ever prayed that? Have you ever prayed a prayer where you felt when it came out of your heart, out of your mouth, it just soared up to God Almighty? What was the difference? It was the wind of the Holy Ghost that took your prayer, and he began to take it up before the throne of Almighty God. We call it the anointing of God. And what our generation is desperately in need of, our colleges, our universities, our primary schools, they need the moving of the wind of the Spirit of the living God. Young people need to see God moving. Those children on the third floor, they need to see the moving of the Spirit. Let me, let me conclude with these thoughts. Jesus said, the wind blows where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it came from or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind blows where it wills. You hear the sound. You don't know exactly where it came from or where it's going. But everyone that is yielding to the Holy Spirit, when that wind starts blowing, they respond. They respond. When God created planet Earth, the Bible said, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness moved upon the face of the deep. Watch this. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The word wind in the Bible is the word ruach. The word, the Hebrew word ruach means wind, breath, watch this, the spirit, capital S, the spirit. Ruach means to exhale. And I, that, I thought about, this is interesting. When we have worship services and God comes down, do you know what really is happening? He's exhaling on us. That's why after Jesus rose from the dead in John 20 thereabouts, he said to his disciples, he said, receive the Holy Ghost. And then he breathed on him. He blew the wind. The Bible said when God created Adam, it said that when God spoke and created Adam, he breathed into his nostrils what, church? The breath, that's the word ruach, the wind of life. God breathed. When, when Elisha was hungry for God, and he wanted to be used of God in a greater way than he saw even the prophet Elijah, he said, what I desire is a double portion, and that word double portion means a second blowing. That's exactly what happened in Acts chapter 2 
when the Bible said, and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, help me now, mighty wind, and it filled all the house. What was happening, God was breathing on the church. He was exhaling on the church. I want to ask you to stand with me. I said, whenever God wants to create, recreate, or restore something back to life again, he uses the wind. We can only soar as high as we are yielding to the wind that blows upon us. I want you right now, if you will, to lift up your hands in worship. I, I know I'm asking you, but I'm hoping that you're doing it out of a willing heart, and I'm sure you are. Lord, today, we want to rise to the level where we begin to soar. Lord, I pray today on this Sunday afternoon that Life Source Church, I want you to agree with me, that Life Source Church will be a place where there will be an atmosphere where the wind, the ruach of God, the wind, the breath, the life, the spirit, the exhalation of God Almighty would breathe in this house every time that we walk through these doors, that God, the wind of your Holy Spirit will cause young people, boys and girls, moms and dads, single adults, seniors, your adults. Lord, that we won't merely walk. Lord, we'll do more. We'll run. We won't merely stop at running. We will begin to mount up with wings of eagles. That, Lord, our hunger level will draw us up where we go higher and mightier in the things of God than ever before. Oh, Yeshua, Makadesh, breathe right now. I want you, if you will, just begin to let the Holy Ghost breathe upon you. Let the Spirit of God stir, stir up your spirit. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Breathe on us, oh God. Breathe on us, oh God. Oh, Yeshua, Makadesh. Will somebody begin to just worship him? Whether you do internally, God hears your heart. Or whether you do externally, God hears your voice. Oh, Lord. Yes, my God. Lord, if there's any dry, dryness in the house, let the wind of the Spirit right now just pull us up out of that old valley. Lord God, pull us up out of the sand dunes of this old world. My God, would you lift us up into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank you. 